0: You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago
1: Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I didn't think we'd devote a whole podcast episode to the Chicago Bears' seventh round nose tackle. But then I heard Kyrus Tonga's story, and I know you'll be rooting for him just as much as I am. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm an analyst for Pro Football Focus, and I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On the show today, We'll be joined by the host of Locked On BYU Cougars, Jake Hatch, and he's going to help us break down the on-field play of the Bears' 7th round draft pick, Kyrus Tonga, as well as take us through Tonga's backstory, what he's been through in his life, and his story of not only going on his... Mormon mission, but also being adopted as a teenager and how that helped him turn around a a lot of his future and succeed then at BYU, now making his way to the NFL. So we'll really get the full picture here of the Bears' last pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. I know a seventh-round nose tackle is not the kind of player you tend to get excited about, that you tend to really end up hearing or knowing or learning much about but Kairos tanga is a different story Literally, story is the key word there, and I really think not only is he a sleeper to make this 53-man roster and maybe make an impact in his rookie season, but he's just a player that's easy to root for and you're going to love cheering for as we hear more about him through the off-season and training camp. He has the potential to be one of these fan-favorite type players, and I'm happy to introduce you to him now with the help of our friends on the Locked On Podcast Network. So... Joining us now on the Locked on Bears podcast is Jake Hatch. He is the host of Locked on BYU here on the Locked on Podcast Network, breaking down all things Cougars. And Chris, I guess first thing I want to start with, with this Bears 7th round defensive tackle, I've been struggling all week on pronouncing his first name. Is it is it Kyrus? Correct. Kyrus. You got it right. I know it's spelled weird, but it is Kyrus. Yeah, it, it's, it's spelled like some abomination of the word Chris, but you start to piece together where the vowels are and they are, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, no, there's, there's, there's one in there, so it's, it's Kyris Tonga, all right, so what were your sort of expectations? I know there were a lot of BYU Cougars drafted on draft weekend, Kyrus falling all the way to the seventh round, was that about where you expected, or was that lower, or were you surprised he even got drafted at all? So I was of the opinion that he was going to be a day three
0: pick, so rounds four through seven. Obviously, I didn't think he would be round four or five. I thought the sixth round would kind of be where he went. Uh, so I guess dropping one round—it's not all that surprising—to drop to the final ten picks of the seventh round, maybe a little lower than I thought. But I—I I always thought that he would get drafted simply due to his ability to plug up run gaps in, in a scheme, especially at the NFL level. So. I expected him to get drafted maybe a little bit lower than I anticipated, but nonetheless, it's good to see him joining the Bears.
1: Obviously, the size for a nose tackle stands out right away, 6'2", 325 pounds. It's pretty obvious, though, that his, his arms seem a little bit small. I think I've seen the Tyrannosaurus Rex comparison already made a little bit for him, but it, is, that, I don't know, is that unfair, or, or how, how have you sort of seen that play out in his BYU career?
0: I don't think it's completely unfair because he does have shorter arms,
1: obviously in the NFL. Uh,
0: and and my, my podcast listeners have gotten a very deep dive on arm length. Recently, we talked about Brady Christensen, another draft pick from BYU. Well, he played left tackle at BYU, but he only has 32-inch arms. And I was trying to explain to people that 32-inch arms may actually only allow him to play guard at the next level. Well, Kyrus is the same way. As a defensive lineman, you want to have that extension. You want to be able to get guys away from you, keep guys off of you. And having shorter arms makes that harder. And there were times during Kyrus's career at BYU where guys who were able to get their hands on him were able to move him and manhandle him at points. There were other times when he was able to kind of dominate things and control the action. But yeah, I completely agree that the shorter arms, they are a concern. We'll see how it affects him in the NFL because it seems to be more critical at that level, especially than maybe the collegiate game.
1: Yeah, and I noticed, too, you don't, it doesn't always jump out when you see a, a five, 507 40-yard dash. I mean, it's kind of like, oh, well, it still starts with a 5, but at 325 pounds, that that seems like a large chunk of man moving pretty quickly. Do you, do you see, I guess, you know, 40-yard dash, you don't typically see a defensive lineman running that kind of length on the field in terms of long speed, but do you see some of that explosiveness show up on tape? You do.
0: If if Bears fans out there want to see Kyrus Tonga at his absolute best, what I feel like was the best game he played in a BYU uniform, go back to the 2019 season when BYU beat USC in Provo. It was a big upset when I believe USC was ranked 24th at the time. Kyrus Tonga in that game was absolutely dominant. He showed everything he needed to show, I felt like, that would be attractive to people at the NFL level. Uh, And he is a guy, yes, that very much can move – We'll talk a little bit more about his backstory because it helps explain, I think, some of the speed. But be, this is a young man who Kalani Sitake, the head coach from BYU, told us in, oh, I want to say the last off season, so it would be tw- between the 2019 season and the 2020 season, that he felt like Kairos Tonga would be able to run in the four nines. And it left all of us kind of gape. like, Coach, that's your nose tackle you're talking about. And you're right, a 507, it starts with a five, but that's still a very, very quick 40 time considering, yeah, he weighed in at three hundred and twenty-five pounds, and I'm not going to lie; he played at BYU at a heavier weight than that.
1: Yeah, is the weight a concern? I mean, there's there's obviously you want a, a pretty big number, but at some point it becomes too much. Is, and there's a good there's such a thing as good and bad weight, and and sure. I think it can be hard for us to tell just from you know looking at a picture of him or watching him on on tape as to just where that might end up sitting. So has that been has that been a struggle for him, or or how has the weight affected him throughout his college career? It's
0: fluctuated and it has affected him at points during his time at BYU. The coaching staff kind of pointed that out uh, and said, hey, when he's playing at an ideal weight, he's nigh unto unstoppable, but when he's too heavy, that's when it starts to affect him. Uh, He admitted during pro day at BYU that he played, I believe last season, he said around 345 or 350 pounds. And there were times during the 2020 season where it seemed like he may have been a step slow. He really worked during the NFL draft preparation season to cut down on that weight. He said he wanted to show that he was in shape, that he could get his weight under control, checked in at about 325 at pro day, and he said that the hope is that he could stay around that number because that's what he thought, in his opinion, was
1: his peak or ideal number weight-wise. How was his role, or what did his role look like in the BYU defense, and how does that defensive line operate? Is he he more so asked to just hold a block and, you know, occupy space or, you know, did, did they ask him to do a lot of penetration or, or how did that assignment play out for him?
0: So one of the chief things that BYU fans uh, got grumpy about the last couple of seasons was BYU changing their scheme seemingly for a guy like Kairos Tong a game to game, depending on who they faced. There were games where Kairos was a true heads up nose tackle where he was asked to take on double and triple teams and just essentially plug up the opposing offensive line. There are other games where he played in more of a kind of a four or three set where they moved him out to maybe a one or maybe even out to a three technique. And at that point, they kind of asked him, OK, yes, you're going to have your run responsibilities, but we also want to get some penetration up the middle. So he played in a myriad of different schemes uh, inside of a single season. It felt like a BYU. And I almost think it worked to his detriment in some ways because It felt like week to week, you didn't necessarily know what you were going to see from BYU's defense scheme wise until game time. And obviously any player, they like to kind of know their role. They want to know what they are going to be focused on. And I think the hope is that once he gets here with the Chicago Bears and into the NFL, he finds a role that fits him, fits his skill set, and he can dominate at that point.
1: That's what Bears fans want to hear about their seventh-round pick. I mean, that's, that's as much as you could possibly hope for from there. So that's exciting to hear. And I think Bears fans should be excited to hear about Tonga's story. And we're going to have Jake take us through some of Kairo's background and how he got to be at BYU and now to the NFL next on Locked On Bears. Hey, Bears fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels while increasing energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's D-R-A-F-T to the number two three one two three one. Message and data rates may apply. We're breaking down Chicago Bears' seventh round pick, Kyrus Tonga, today with locked on BYU Cougars host, Jake Hatch. And Jake, you teased it a little bit earlier about Tonga's story and some of his background coming to BYU and during his BYU career. I think we all know the the age is at least a little bit older because he did have his LDS mission, but it I kind of get the impression from you that there's there's more to this story.
0: Yeah, so there is, and so let me explain a little bit. This is a young man who's from Salt Lake City, Utah, and he went to Granger High School, and Granger High School is one of the high schools on the other side of the tracks, to use that expression. It, it's one of the, the lower-end high schools in this state. Uh have a lot of free lunch, uh, waivers, all that type of stuff, it's just kind of low-income Uh, population around that area. Well, Kyrus, he was a young man who showed promise playing football. And what happened, funny enough, when he played at Granger, you won't believe this, Lauren, he played tight end in in high school. (laughs) He he, he didn't play defensive line until he got to BYU, like you mentioned, after his LDS mission. He had never played defensive line. He was an offensive player. So it's a crazy, crazy story, but there's more to it in that As he was growing up, he kind of slept on other friends' couches, moved from family to family because his birth mom, they had a decent relationship is the way he described it. But she eventually came to the point when he was in high school where she told him, I can't take care of you anymore. We need to figure something out. And the, the, the parents that now take care of him adopted him when he was in high school. And they've kind of been with him the entire way. And. Uh, there was a really cool video, and I'll send a link out, and you can, you can use it in your show notes if you want, about his background and him talking about his par- who he calls his parents. He said, my birth mom, I don't hold any ill will towards her. She just had other things in her life that were precluding her from really being the mom I feel like she wanted to be. But my parents now have really stepped in and have become my family. And obviously, in this story, it's a video done by BYU TV out here in Utah talked with some of what his sisters, his adopted sisters, and they said they can't imagine life without him in the family. So it's a really, really cool story. His parents were pivotal to him really getting back on track because he admitted early on in high school, he was a guy who was struggling to stay eligible to play sports. I uh, didn't necessarily like going to class and all this stuff, but he's felt like when that, when his family stepped in, his these parents stepped in, his family stepped in to help him out, the Tonga family, he's, he felt like that really turned his life around and he said he's kind of going about things now to pay homage and and to honor them and i think that'll carry on into the nfl obviously he wants to go and make money and help take care of his family but it's just a really really cool story i would encourage anybody all you need to do is you can just search out true blue on youtube it's a series called true blue and then put kairos tonga in there and you should be able to find it but like i said i'll send a link over to lauren you can put it in the show notes It's a fascinating, fascinating backstory. And I think it kind of gives some insight as to why this is a young man who turned his life around in high school, decided, like you mentioned, to go on an LDS mission, spent two years. And by the way, for those people who don't know, LDS missions are missions for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's not a mission where you go and train in a secret facility. You were sent literally around the world. I'm a member of the faith. For example, I served my mission in southern Taiwan. I can tell you this much, Lauren, I came home and I would never been able to play college football coming home off my mission. I know Kairos served here in the United States. I believe he went to Kansas, but they can go anywhere in the world. And they spend sunup to sundown preaching the gospel, preaching the word of Christ to people. They train or work out for a maximum of one hour a day. That's the absolute maximum they're allowed to do. So these are guys who have given up two years of their life. Kairos is one of them. And I just, I want to make it very clear that I respect Kairos to the nth degree because he's overcome a lot in his life, and it's really cool to see him living out his dream in the pro ranks now.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's incredible. I I had read where I think he he was ineligible for much of his senior high school season, like you said, some some trouble early on there. But as far as as far as you know, as far as you could tell during his time at BYU, it sounds like you know no. Other than maybe a little bit of weight fluctuation here and there, no other kind of issues or ongoing any kind of trouble that he might have been in. So, yeah, he was he was committed to
0: Utah when Kalani Satake, BYU's head coach, was defensive coordinator there at the University of Utah. When Kalani moved on from Utah, he went to Oregon State for a season before taking over as the head coach at BYU. Kairos followed him. Kairos was committed to Kalani. He said, wherever you go, coach, I'm going to go play for you there. That's, that was his guy. Uh, and Elisa Tuiaki, their defensive coordinator, had a similar relationship with Kairos. When he got to BYU, uh, he, is, he has said that him serving a mission, kind of learning the discipline of how to live life, how to balance things, all the different things you're supposed to deal with in life. He said that really helped him succeed in the classroom at BYU. It's a very, very tough university academically, very competitive. The undergrad programs are highly competitive. And yeah, everything that I've heard about Kairos is he's been a model student during his time at the Y. I noticed
1: too that he was not a four-year starter, but he was on the field and and he played snaps from his time as a true freshman, even just switching and learning the defensive line position. I guess, how, how have you sort of seen growth over the years. I mean, we love, we love to assume that, well, every single year you're supposed to get better, and that's just not true for every player, but did you sort of see that trajectory increasing, or did it start to plateau at, at some point in his college career? How did that sort of change over time? Okay, so early on in his career, like you mentioned, he was moving to different positions. They were trying to find the right spot for him.
0: When they finally realized that nose tackle was going to be his ideal spot, it seemed like the, the sky was the limit for him. It, early on in his career, it just seemed like, okay, this is a guy who is really going to dominate. As he got into his junior and senior years, though, it felt like things stagnated a little bit. And I'm not saying that he's he is at the peak of his powers by any means, but it seemed like at points during both 2019 and 2020, there were games where he was neutralized by an opposing blocking scheme or an elite player, a center, a guard, whatever it might be, who was able to neutralize him. So I felt like early on in his career. Yeah. We were looking we felt like we were looking at a guy, speaking of the media out here in Utah, we felt like we were looking at a guy who was headed to the NFL. We were like, okay, if he continues this, this career arc, this trajectory, he's going to find himself playing in the NFL. And yes, ultimately he ended up in the NFL, but I'm talking, we thought this could be a guy who was a day two, day one pick because it looked that good early on, but it did plateau towards the end of his career at BYU. But I, I'm, I'm expecting, and as I mentioned earlier on, just his relationship with his family. This is a motivated young man. I think he wants to make the absolute best of his situation. So I'm expecting he's going to show up in shape, motivated and hungry and ready to earn his spot with the Bears.
1: Yeah, that's all you can ask for from your seventh-round pick. Just show up and work hard and see if your talent is enough. We'll try and get a sense of whether his talent is enough, and then we'll also take advantage of some of Jake's other Utah expertise next on Locked On Bears. You're not going to see Tonga in any odds for Defensive Rookie of the Year, but we do keep seeing movement on the betting lines for Offensive Rookie of the Year at betonline.ag. Justin Fields started in second place behind Trevor Lawrence, who has the lowest odds at plus 350. Then he jumped back behind Trey Lance, and now the gap between Lance and Fields narrows even more. Lance is plus 550, Fields is plus 750, and right up behind him, Mac Jones at plus 750. So the odds makers having trouble separating these rookie quarterbacks, but Bears fans seem a bit more confident in fields than that if you want to take advantage of these odds now is the time to lay some money down at betonline.ag sign up today for a free account and enter our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your free 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit BetOnline your online sportsbook experts Kyrus Tonga can be one of those great value parts of this bears defense and i know when i want great value on auto parts i turn to our friends at rockauto.com they're a family business that have been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years they got everything you could possibly need fuel pump assemblies and engine control modules to the easy stuff like brake parts and tail lamps you name it they've got it for any vehicle You just put your car's make and model in and then sort between all the products, prices, and specifications you prefer. Don't spend up to twice as much somewhere else. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So now that we've gotten a sense of Kyrus Tonga's story and the path he's taken to BYU and now the NFL, I'm curious about his path moving forward. So I'm glad we've got Jake Hatch from Locked on BYU Cougars joining us on the podcast today. And Jake, do you think there's enough of a floor there to to earn that spot in your one? I mean, seventh round picks, generally speaking, tend to be on the, the lower end of the percentile of making an impact in their first season maybe and not that the practice squad is the end of the world or anything but like do you think the size and and some of the fundamental tools there even though they need some some work certainly and some nfl coaching i guess what's your what's your sort of confidence level in an early impact versus a long-term impact from tonga
0: well see the odds are obviously stacked against him he's one of the oldest guys in this draft class if not the oldest he's 24 almost 25 years old having served that mission and he is going to be a guy who is going to to. need be able to prove that he can make an impact early on. I do think that a year on the practice squad is not out of the question for him, like you mentioned, just to kind of figure out scheme wise, what's going on. I think his chief strength, and I'm a guy who believes that in pro sports, if you want to be on a team, whether it's across basketball, football, baseball, whatever it is, you need to have a quote unquote elite skill. The one thing Kairos Tonga, I think, takes to the NFL is elite strength. This is a guy who put up 36 reps on the 225-pound bench press at BYU's Pro Day. He is extremely strong. I think that's going to benefit him because I don't see him necessarily being a three-down defensive lineman. I know that everybody, that's what every team wants. They want a guy who can stay on the field at all times. I think that Kairos Tonga is going to have to mold himself into being a run-stuffing nose tackle in the vein of a Vita Vea down at Tampa Bay. You need to be a big body in the middle who can just plug up the middle and make it impossible to run through those gaps. If Kairos can do that, if he can learn how to do that, I think he can have a nice career in the NFL, but it may take him maybe a year on a practice squad to get that down.
1: Well, one of the things I forgot to mention when we first introduced you is that you do also host Locked On Utes here in the Locked On Podcast mm-hmm. Network, and I figured, well, I've got you here, wanted to get your thoughts on Jalen Johnson, uh, how how you saw his first season going, uh, did he exceed, I think for for Bears fans, I think he exceeded expectations with how quickly he was able to step in and be a uh, really a high-impact player, but I guess even, even going back to the last draft, where you was the second round about where you saw him, and, and did he exceed your expectations as a rookie, or is that about what you were expecting?
0: I expected him to go kind of that round two range. I I felt like he was a good player. And I honestly thought that he surpassed my expectations for him at the NFL. I had very high expectations for him for one reason and one reason only, Lauren. And that is because when he came to Utah, he showed up and during his first fall camp, we're talking this is an 18 year old freshman. He sat there with the media during one media session, and they said, hey, what are your goals here at Utah? Because he's not a guy from from Utah like we talked about with Kairos. He had come in from out of state, and he simply stated, I am here because NFL defensive backs come from the University of Utah. They promised me they would develop me into being an NFL-caliber cornerback. My plan is to be all-conference and be able to finish my degree in three years and then move on to the NFL. And I'll tell you what, Lauren, he accomplished every single thing he, he literally laid out for us as a true freshman on that uh, summer afternoon up there in Salt Lake City. He became all conference. He got his degree. He ended up being a second round draft pick and became an I, what I felt like was an impact starter for the Bears is that second round draft pick. I think it was an absolutely marvelous season, and
1: I, I don't think anything's out of the question for Jalen moving forward. That was going to be where I go next. I mean, the Bears they cut Kyle Fuller this offseason. They do bring in Desmond Trufant, a veteran, to kind of as a one year gap. But I think the there was a quote. I don't remember if exactly how it was quoted from Jalen Johnson, but he's he wants to be CB one. He he wants to be the the number one guy. Do you do you foresee him? I mean, do you think he can be that sort of like? shut down NFL cornerback, maybe not, you know, Darrell Revis top five NFL level, but I guess, I mean, do you sort of foresee that sort of development? Maybe not right away, but certainly down the line.
0: Yeah. He's still got age on his side.
1: I believe he's only 22
0: years old this year. And I truly believe he can be a lead cornerback for an NFL franchise. And hopefully it's with the bears. I, I like, like I mentioned, anything that he sets his mind to, I feel like he will accomplish. And I, I've seen the skills from him playing at Utah, playing in the Pac-12, now with the Bears through his first season. There is nothing out there that I have seen that dissuades me from thinking, yes, that he can be what I would say probably, yeah, I'm with you. He's probably not going to be a top five Darrell Rivas, Revis Island type of guy, Richard Sherman at the peak of his powers, but I still
1: think he can be a top 10 NFL cornerback, no doubt. Well, Jake, really appreciate your, your Utah expertise. I mean, all things, BYU, Utah, Utes. I, I, I had to run down the Bears roster to make sure there wasn't any other players I could get you for. by the time well, we already had you, but really appreciate you making the time for us. Uh, let everybody know where all they can find you work, even beyond the two Lockdown Pods.
0: Yeah, so we got Locked on Cougars and Locked on Utes podcast. My personal Twitter feed, if you kind of want to get my thoughts, I I do a lot more than just talking about the Utes and Cougars on my Twitter feed. I talk about the NFL a lot. You can follow me at Jacob C. Hatch. It's my given name. Uh, Follow the podcast on Twitter as well, Locked on Utes, Locked on Cougars. And by the way, one thing, Lauren, before we go, I know many of your uh, Bears fans out there will remember fondly Jim McMahon. Obviously, he played his collegiate ball at BYU uh, Jim McMahon, I had him on my podcast last November, if I'm not mistaken, maybe it was in December. I had a fantastic conversation with him. We talked a lot about his time in Chicago. There were some really, really cool anecdotes and stories about Mike Ditka that people may want to check out. You just got to go back and search. Uh, it's in the December month of December. I don't remember the exact podcast, but it was a fascinating thing. And
1: I can tell you this much Kairos Tonga is not Jim McMahon,
0: unfortunately.
1: <laughs> I'm sure very, diff- very different. They're <laughs> probably different in every way possible. I was going to say very different personalities, but then you throw in body type and age and, and pretty sure. much everything else. Yes, very opposite yeah. people. But Jake, really appreciate you making the time. I, I don't know how you find the time in your life to do two lockdown pods, but I applaud you for it. And I know you do a great job with both of them. So thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Jake Hatch from Locked On Cougars and Locked On Utes for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you subscribe to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. In the pipeline... We have interviews coming with John Miller from Locked On Mizzou, breaking down Bears offensive lineman Larry Borum, as well as an interview with Candace Cooper from Locked On Tar Heels, breaking down new Bears wide receiver Daz Newsom. We'll we'll go through the, some of those other late-round draft picks with still plenty more to talk about with Justin Fields. We still have to get into how that's going to work this upcoming season. And then also, we'll get some help from our Green Bay Compatriots about what the heck is going on with Aaron Rodgers and how that situation affects the Bears, as well as the Minnesota Vikings, their draft, and how they wanted Justin Fields, and the Bears jumped past them to get him. And we'll have to circle back to the Lions draft as well and keep tabs on where all three divisional opponents are right now. So we got plenty more content coming your way. Make sure you keep following along with us all off season long. And in exchange, I promise the podcast will help you bear down.